0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Hacking HR podcast, the show where we talk about the amazing future of human resources and all things at the intersection of future of work, technology, innovation, organizations, transformation, and people. At Hacking HR, we believe that human resources can become the most important trailblazer, leading people and organizations successfully and effectively into the new reality of work and life. To do that, we must rise to the challenges of our times, shoot for the stars and achieve our fantastic potential. During this show, we discuss ideas, insights, data, experiences, stories, and anything else that can contribute to helping you become and be a better HR leader and practitioner. Thank you so much for joining us today
1: and enjoy the show. From my reflections of the unprecedented time that we are in, you know, what, what COVID did is it brought the whole world into this shared reality, uh, which none of us knew was possible. You know, the businesses shrunk, the, the government closed down, and then we are slowly and gradually trying to open up to get back to business as unusual and with, uh, with lots of, uh, you know, like the movements happening around us, which all, all of these needs our attention. So, this is our context in which we are operating, and in this context, um, if you look within organizations, we were already in flux. The organizations, uh, you know the business institution that i 'm part of uh, were already in flux because of the digital forces you know the acceleration the ma- ma- you know, acceleration of digital forces were uh, kind of uh, asking us to look inward and to change our business model because our customers were moving and how we operate. COVID brought back that acceleration and magnified it, like by five years or 10 years, some experts are saying.
0: Manisha serves as the Global Director for Digital HR and People Analytics at Schneider Electric. She works on enabling the people strategy through actionable insights and digital HR transformation. Her team has led employee experience vision, open talent market, digital learning, robotics, and AI strategy, and people analytics transformation. Working at Innovation Edge, Manisha's mission is to get Schneider Electric future of work ready. Her personal quest has been to create a fair, harmonious, and equitable workplace. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR Podcast. I am very, very excited to be today with Manisha. How are you, Manisha? Uh,
1: I'm very well, Enrique. Uh, You know, finding brightness every day from sunny Boston. Hello to everyone.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. And I'm glad that you're enjoying the summertime. This video and podcast will probably be out in the fall. So you probably would want to come back to the recording and say, oh my goodness, when I was talking in that podcast and it was sunny outside. (laughs) So how's everything going for you? You know, I'm excited about this conversation because there is so much happening in the world of technology and in the world of organizational transformation driven, of course, well, by technology being one of the factors, but of course the pandemic and and many other elements out there. So what do you see happening in the, in the world of organizational transformation? What is the direction in which organizations are sort of driving to in this new reality of life and work?
1: Wow, that's a, p- a very powerful question, Enrique, and I uh, let me start answering from my reflections of the unprecedented time that we are in. You know, what, what COVID did is it brought the whole world into the shared reality. Uh, which none of us knew was possible, you know, that businesses shrunk, the, the government closed down, and then we are slowly and gradually trying to open up to get back to business as unusual and with, uh, with lots of, uh, you know, like the movements happening around us, which all, all of these needs our attention. So this is our context in which we are operating. And in this context, um, if you look within organizations, we were already in flux. The organizations, the uh, you know, the business institution that I'm part of, uh, were already in flux because of the digital forces. You know, the acceleration, the ma- ma- you know, acceleration of digital forces were uh, kind of uh, asking us to look inward and to change our business model because our customers were moving and how we operate. Covid brought back that acceleration and magnified it, like by five years or ten years. Some experts are saying, um, and so we we went virtual. You know, for some of us, like for the global supply chain within our company, it was unimaginable to go to work uh, virtually. So we went to work virtual. We we were kind of adjusting to the impact of this by communicating more, by becoming more transparent, by becoming more, relying more on trust and intuition rather than on data and uh, system or digital, you know. So overnight, while we went virtual, work-wise, in terms of leadership, management system, communication system, we went totally human. So so that, that's a beautiful paradox that uh, this COVID situation brought to our organizational transformation. And now, because all of us are in, right? Leaders are not just trying to create something top-down or, or teams, some teams are not trying to create. Everybody's experiencing that, hey, economy is, is going a very different way. People and activism are going a very different way. Can we use this current reality to pivot? pivot strongly. And I think that's on top of everybody's mind. So organizations are ready, I would say, more ready than ever to make change. So that the ground is really right. But, yeah. but you know, we don't know the direction, right? We, we don't know exactly one, two, three things to do so that we can get there. And that's where lots of pivoting and experimentation and this um, outside in, inside out views and collaborations are needed.
0: I love that you are taking me into into this segue of agility and flexibility in this new reality of work. One of the most common things that I'm hearing from business leaders is this idea that those organizations that are very rigid in their business models or in in the ways they work, they are having such a harder time to adapt to what's going on. Whereas those organizations that have more flexibility around their people's practices, the way they work with their talent, their own business models and the way they operate. They have been able to quickly move and adapt to not just this crisis, but probably any other crisis and and continue to survive and hopefully thrive. So let's dig a little deeper into one area that I know you're very passionate about, which is agility in in organizational uh, business models in 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 frameworks and whatnot when what what's how does an organization that is agile look like because very often people think like all right agility means changing quickly and this and that but not always can they actually see what a what an agile organization looks like so can you describe that for for our audience what what's that ideal agile organization
1: well, I can say, um, I can share my perspective and you know it's a journey um, and there there aren't many agile organizations in, in standard definition, but um, but the way I look at it is the organizations which are more fluid, where the work is distributed uh, uniformly and the decision making is far more democratic, it's not top-centered, and teams are really empowered to connect with the market dynamics customers, and they are able to respond, and change if required, uh, the product strategy, the growth strategy, the market strategy. So if teams are empowered in in every way by terms of resource, budgets, ability to take action, so that they can influence, uh, and this is how organizations adopt, so to me, um, the agile organizations are really, uh, you know, a comprehensive uh, web of interdependencies. And these interdependencies really work well because everybody has a common collective conscience uh, through which they are acting. But they don't have to take permission in the moment to make or to push those boundaries or, or to push envelope. up.
0: I love that. I, I, I love, I, this is, a, you know, there are so many different definitions about agility and i love what you just said about having these interdependencies in the organization of course everybody sharing a common goal but at the same time being empowered and having the ability to take action at the team level so that kind of fluidity provides enough yeah flexibility and agility for organizations to quickly adapt and then you said something else that i would love for you to to maybe develop a little more which i find fascinating Agility, you just said, agility is a journey. And this is very, very, very important. I have seen so many HR practices, leaders and, and programs where maybe the organizations are, the organizations are thinking, well, well we, 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 we were innovative to create this process and then they ended in there. Like if, it, if, like, like if it, innovation was a destination and not a, an ongoing process. The same thing with agility, you know, you can design a process by being agile, but it's not a place where you get to, and then you end in there and die there, but it's a journey that you are always, uh, you know, it's an ongoing journey for the organization. So, can you maybe explain a little bit more about how you see agility as a journey? What, What skills do we need to embrace the idea that agility is a journey? How can we change our own mindsets to, to continue to be in that agile mode with a switch flipped up to, to agile mode all the time?
1: Uh, so this is beautiful. I think um, we're uh, just, uh, you know, building on what you said, a uh, lot of organizations, HR organizations today, are focusing on agile because, um, you know, somehow our policies, our processes had become anchored into what we had done in the past. You know so what we had done in part and then there is you know bring a new technology or a bring a new process and then you will be able to push the envelope a bit uh, and in this um, so this was a way of mind and then the agile came from this whole world of software right where product team started using agile as a tool as a, as a way to kind of bring a Diverse uh, viewpoints around a product together in their scrum meetings and take into account everything, and then make minimum viable product pivots every day, rather than waiting for a waterfall way of you know waiting till the year end to do something, and then by the time you launch, it's all gone. So, so the, the current understanding of agile within our HR um, uh, HR culture is coming from that agile theme. Now that's a welcome change, right? Because from where we are, where we were, uh, once we make a well-being policy or a family leave policy, or let's say a work from home policy, we forget it, yeah, and, and we publish it and we are done. So, well, welcoming agile means it's never done, and COVID is saying that in last six months we are revisiting new ways of working almost every week, right? Because we're learning from our employees, we're learning from market, we're learning from our customers. What's happening? So that's an agile way of being. It's not just agile um, project methodology or agile um, scrum masters and some few roles there. Agility is really uh, taking cognizance of the dynamic external world Dynamics inside is also not static, you know, no matter um, how constrained we are, dynamics inside is also le- evolving within organization. So agility is really exploring everything together and being, being in that state of, uh, you know, uh, we, there's a Sanskrit word, antarvasin, which means, uh, you know, at the border, at the border of the forest and the village. <laughs> so, <laughs> so village is my stable core you know, stable core of my organization and forest is the, is the future exploring. And then I'm at the border always exploring. To me, that's, that's agility. And we always need to be in that mind if we need to be alive and, and you know, sustainably making progress.
0: That is, that is fantastic. And it's, having, it's been on the edge of always being perhaps curious and using our creativity and our imagination about something you said before about seeing possibilities, right? I do want to ask you, people think about, when I describe agility and design thinking and maybe other very interesting methodologies in the HR space, one thing that I always say is, it doesn't matter how well you know methodologies if your mind is not changing. If your mind continues to be in HR from the 1980s, it doesn't matter how well you know project management or all of all, of all these other things you will continue to operate in the same way, even if you change one day, but you go back to what you were before the day after. So when you describe, if you can describe the, 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 cap- the capabilities, the skills of a, of a great agile HR leader, what does a person look like? What does a person ha- have, uh, has as capabilities and skills and knowledge to be a great agile HR individual or leader?
1: Um, Allow me to share a personal uh, moment from my journey um, into moving in this space, right? I cannot claim that I'm the expert agile leader, but to become aware that, you know, um, I need to make this uh, transition. As I was telling you, Enrique, I've spent two decades now working in this field of HR evangelizing, and uh, the first 10 years, like I told you, a young HR professional, powered with organization development tools, the feed-forward, you know, the assessment centers, I always knew what's the right way to go about uh, things. And, you know, improving processes, per se, when you're leading as a COE, I would still say is easy, you can make a difference, right? By by following the integrity of the processes and they are delivered right. But as, as I grew into my role and I was uh, empowered more and more into organizational transformation situation, right? You have to bring this whole brighter living culture to the organization or you have to move from being a product centric organization to design centric innovation organization or you have to become from a, let's say, you know, a, my early jobs were in Indian uh, multinational. So from an Indian multinational to a global multinational. Now, those are big dimensional paradigm shifts that organization need to make. And when you are a strategic HR person within those dimensions, as you start operating collaboratively, creating that vision with the top team uh, and cascading, uh, you know, taking out uh, the action for HR, I realize that most often or not, My tools, my expertise, um, the policies or the leaders, other leaders' will was not the barrier. The barrier was really the awareness within me. You know, my my ability to listen deeply, dialogue deeply, uh, stay with the topics uh, which were difficult to process, and then find some common resonance with that XCOM group, the top group. And, and then collectively emerge out uh, to create something common, you know that inability was the biggest barrier to, to create that inflection point in the change where you know everybody comes along and says, "Yes, you know investment in people that 's a great idea. Yes, if I want to grow, that means I have to build a young executive board ahead of time. You know We all have these ideas. But how do we converge in the moment? Uh, and so that barrier, uh, you know, I stayed with it. I failed in a couple of big, uh, big transformation. And, you know, so I was like, oh, no, I got these moments where I, I had opportunity to influence this big change. And I was the one which could have done that. And, uh, you know, I can see it. The failure was the agility in the moment to leave my stance as HR professional, to become this business person, to become one with this team, which is trying to drive. Um, so, uh, so, Now stepping back from the story, you know, this um, kind of took me to the self-awareness journey. So the agile HR leader, the, really, the journey really starts from the consciousness, you know, listening deep within you, what values are important to you. From where do you operate really? Why are you into this people process? What is your idea of winning business? You know, because we are all working together to create a competitive business if they survive. I always say we have dual responsibility, well-being of employees and well-being of business. You know, there's no well-being of employees without well-being of business. So really listening deep within yourself and having courage to be able to articulate it. Then, When you're on the table, you don't have to fit in. Right? You have this dual responsibility, which is in tension, uh, a positive tension with the rest of the people who have profitability responsibility, who have market growth responsibility. So having courage to articulate it and then staying curious if you are receiving a pushback to say why, you know, and, and then converge together. not, not, you know, that's not the moment to diverge and then, you know, feel upset. That's the moment to come and converge together. So courage, curiosity, care to converge uh, and a very, very aware mindset.
0: I think that is fascinating. Let me tell you, Manisha, because very often, you know, people cannot do much about the things they don't know they don't know, especially if they are not open to becoming more aware to learning about the things they don't know they don't know to then learn how to do them. And, and this journey is one that is very difficult for everybody, not just in agility and in HR, but in general. And I'm, I'm very happy to hear that story because I, it, it's, it's empowering and it's encouraging to other HR leaders that know that doing just the minimum, like transactional and administration work, meaning enforcing policies or ensuring employment, um, you know, uh, relationships are effective and, and based on the on the laws and whatnot, paying people and hiring and firing, that is not enough anymore to create a great HR. And that journey for them of transformation begins in the same place where your, yours began, which is you know, I have to become aware of the things that are preventing me from doing better HR work than what I have done. I I recently talked to somebody and I told that person, you know, there's research out there showing that anywhere between 70 and 80% of employees in any given company do not trust HR. And the person was really upset at me. That's not true. I don't believe that is true. And I was telling him, I think, why why don't we start from a place of thinking that that is true so that we can change? Because if we continue to say that that's not true, then we won't change. We will continue to think that we're doing a good job. So I think it all starts with this journey of awareness, which I find fascinating that that you are sharing that with us. I want to use this as
1: a... Allow me me to build on what you're saying, you know, because how do you apply this awareness to like what you were saying, Enrique? Um, We know this, you know. uh, the, the reason I entered HR two decades back was I, I started in a manufacturing facility and I saw every lunchtime like thousands of workers would just lay in sun and, and for 45 minutes and I was this young person uh, assigned to drive quality in shop for like huh, you know, how do you engage those people? Mm -hmm. And then as a student of engagement and organization development, I kept a tab on global engagement score, right? And uh, it never moved. Like the number of people disengaged in Gallup survey or the number of people maximum engaged has always been hovering around 18 to 24, 25%. And so lots of people who who we say are not bringing their decisionary effort this is known to HR, right? Yeah. We lots of good HR practitioners have been knocking on this for a long time through multiple interventions, genuinely. But, um, but really, we need to open up and accept uh, saying there are things that that you know in in Me Too policy movement kind of things we have taken uh, to make so standard, and we've not looked at the case for what it was that we've lost the trust of our employees. You yeah. know, we're working with humans. Yeah. And uh, you know there, there are unique situations there are unique context and uh, we haven't created open dialogue like one of my one of my biggest hope hope you know it's still a hope because I haven't seen the end of this is uh, how do we create um, how do we give back the agency to employees yeah. as HR you know just talking as HR people Um if, if we really talk about employee experience, Enrique, to me, it's not the digital employee experience only, you know, the few clicks and simplified and one portal. The employee experience is truly as an employee, um, you know, am I empowered to achieve my maximum growth potential in this organization? Do I have fair chance to grow? Is there a meritocracy? Um, you know, so that, those are the things. Do I have agency to influence my career journey? I mean, that, that's the biggest thing. None of us, and, I, I, and this is, I say, with absolute confidence, nobody joins any organization to become uh, somebody in the corner who will just stagnate and decay. Everybody joined with hopes and aspirations. Then what happens? How come 70% of the population resign to this learned helplessness? And then leaders suddenly feel that organization is not making the, the step forward that it could you know, um, this is all lack of agency. So how do we create work councils, voice of employees? How do we create this personalized um, interventions which helps everybody to grow? Um, and then that's my hope.
0: I connect that to all, all you're saying is fascinating and I, I love it. And I connect that to something that Sir Ken Robinson, who happened to have passed away this year, 2020, he said, Everybody's born being creative and curious, but creativity is educated out of children. And that happens because, well, when you go to the traditional formal school system where they are taught to follow what a leader, the teacher, what the authority says, they are taught to be quiet and to listen and memorize facts instead of asking rebellious questions instead of being creative and whatnot. And then you go through the entire formal education system it's the same reality all the time. And then you go to work where you think like, well, maybe I can be a little bit more of myself in here. And you find that it's the same thing. You find that at work, you can truly be yourself. You don't have that kind of agency because, well, you have all these policies. You have all these uh, you know, constraints. You have all these things that you have to follow day in and day out that are not designed to let you unleash your talent, your creativity, your potential, but rather they are meant to have you doing the same thing day in and day out with a little uh, deviation as possible from the standard that they are looking uh, from you? So, so I think this, like, you know, following on, on what you're saying, I think this is a great opportunity for us to create, to create the kind of HR that is designed and meant to help people truly unleash their potential, truly find meaning at work. Uh, enjoyment, not necessarily happiness, because that's not necessarily the end line of all the things that we do at work. But it's finding that meaning that helps you become better every day, which ultimately will will, will bring you happiness. And to do that, we have to switch from the approach of, you know, we have all this, you have to comply by the rules. And we have this one thing that applies to everybody, like if everybody was the same, and we have to start giving back that kind of agency and asking people and empowering them to have some authority, but also some freedom to operate. And this ties back to what you said at the beginning, it is just giving people that ability to take action. I mean, because if they are, if they know what the organization is meant to do and you trust them, because that's why you hired them in the first place, then just give them, give them that agency, you know, give them that ability to take action and, and hopefully it's gonna be better, right?
1: Very powerful. And uh, Enrique, Ken Robinson has actually inspired generation and it's a a, uh, coincidence. I was watching his uh, TED talk last evening with my husband as we were thinking about our children and our parenting styles. So we said, let's watch it together. Uh, and if I can adapt from him, from something you said, uh, you know, you said creativity is cooled out of us, right? That yeah. in education system, because that was his love, um, educational institution. And since you and I are concerned about the organization or the business institution, if I can adapt from him and say entrepreneurship is, uh, is uh, office out of us, you yeah. know, everybody, when they enter the world of business, they, they are very entrepreneurial yes, because they have, you know, each one of us still like, each employee is playing already multiple roles within his personal life. You know, he's a father, uncle, brother, son, a, a community person, a neighbor, you know, many, many hats. But when you get get into an organization, somehow you're boxed. You are either a finance person or accounts payable. Even within finance, you're like micro. Uh, and, you know, the freedom or flexibility for you to grow within uh, within that big ecosystem is, is, is limited. Uh, and sometimes, while I would not take all the blame on HR professionals, you know, it's because organization as an institution is influenced by, by quite a few uh, dynamics, but we, play, uh, we have a substantial power feeds to influence. Um, and the, the career movements that we design or the promotion systems or the reward system or the engagement system, or organizational sensing mechanisms that that is our primary role to design these are all uh, giving us a venue to influence this you know so we can positively certainly influence it to to create an avenue that uh, and you know this will ultimately help the business like the adaptability point that you were asking enrique your agile organization is our organization where every individual has that entrepreneurial mindset yeah, And every team can act as an entrepreneurial team and can turn around fast as the market is changing.
0: There's um, one of the things that I think has happened over, over a long period of time is that business leaders have relinquished their people responsibility and they have put it all in the hands of HR. And you got many processes like that. You know, one of them, which is perhaps one of the most, the best known processes that is an organizational process that that was put in the hands of HR is performance management. So now everybody hates performance management in the traditional way, right? The annual rating based uh, performance review and everybody blames HR for it. But that's not a nature process. It's it's an organizational process that unfortunately was placed in the hands of HR, not only as a process manager, but as the, the, the one delivering the, the content about performance, which should have never been that way. But I do, I do agree with you that HR has a gigantic responsibility in creating an organization where people thrive, flourish, where they can find that kind of meaning and enjoyment, and that, where they can truly unleash their talents. You know? and, and hopefully, you know, we spend one third of our lives at work. You know, why would we be miserable? I tell people all the time, I have never met anybody in my life who comes to an office the first day and is already in a bad mood or depressed or frustrated or disengaged. Everybody comes to their first day to work, excited about the new opportunity, excited about the new possibilities. But at the end of the journey of that person in that one company, they are like, I don't wanna see this company anymore because they got to a place where they are frustrated or disengaged, or they were never given the opportunities. They, they They were never able to grow. So something is happening in the organization that is transforming the energy that that person was bringing in the first place. So a lot of work to do in there. But Manisha, as we wrap up this conversation, which has been fascinating, and about a lot of topics that I didn't write in my list. Uh, that's why I love to have this very fluid, talking about agility, to have this very fluid conversations. I do want to ask a couple of questions to, to wrap up our conversation. The first one is, if there was one thing, one recommendation that you can give to HR leaders and HR practitioners for them to become more agile? One thing that they can actually start doing right the very second after they finish listening to this podcast, what would that recommendation be?
1: Um, I would say, um, you know, explore within for the vision and, um, and, and welcome intersectionality of ideas. And so that, that will help you broaden and deepen your horizon from where you can operate uh, with more and more agility.
0: Absolutely. Love that. My last question to you is, what are you the most excited, but also the most concerned about the future?
1: Hmm. Um... I think I, you know, since I operate in digital and future of work, um, the the reason I'm pivoting, I'm uh, in HR, my first love was organization development to help influence this big, big systemic changes. And then as I saw that digital and sustainability are two forces which are really going to impact the, the transformations that are going to take place because transformation has been always happening. That's not a new phenomenon. These are the two new forces and that's why I pivoted. So I'm very excited about this whole Um, artificial intelligence, robotics, and and the power of technology coming because it allows us to personalize at scale. It allows HR to free up uh, their time from complex administrative transactional processes and focus more on this human aspect. We can indulge in thinking, we can indulge in designing, we can indulge in uh, creating interventions and dialogues. Um, And so, so that's what I'm very excited about. Um, the thing that worries me most is, again, intentionality behind the same processes. Mm. You know, if I see, if I reflect uh, my last three years, I have focused in this portfolio, Enrique, and I've interacted a lot with my friends and colleagues in other businesses and in other forums like this, uh, people are excited about it, right? And that's why they are experimenting, they are pivoting, they are getting bought, they are getting AI technologies, they're talking about it. But the intentionality of having a strategic vision behind this on how to bring it in the organization, how to really reimagine your future workforce, and how to reimagine work around which you will design—that's uh, that's that's really again that's a deep, painful, yeah. unclear conversation that we need to stick with for it to emerge. But I don't see enough of us spending time uh, there together, and so my worry is then we might end up creating. Uh, creating something that we weren't hoping for and I want to quote Peter Senge uh, who's my guru actually in a way because I just love in 1970 he published system thinking and one thing he says is future is not something which happens to us future is something which we make out of what happens to us so are we intentionally making what we want to see
0: love it love it thank you so much for spending this time with me for sharing all those insights, especially the last uh, recommendations and, and inspiration. So, thank you so much, Manisha, for being with me today.
1: Thank you for having me, Enrique. And thank you for, uh, for the amazing work you are doing in, in creating this consciousness. And as I was telling to you before we started, you are showing us what the power of one voice can do in this world. So, keep doing it beautifully and, and extremely inspiring, Enrique. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next Hacking HR podcast. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.